Blog Talk Radio. And all who are thirsty, and all who are weak, come to the fountain, and if you are
Deep 
All right, welcome back to another edition of Prairie International Radio. My name is Chris Herzog. I'll be your host for the evening. Just want to thank everybody tonight that's praying for us and supporting us and listening and just sharing the word about what we're doing here at Prairie International. And just want to continue to remind you to pray for us. Lift us up. Pray God's will be done. Pray God's kingdom come in our lives, in our families, that we can all go forward and do, you know, what the Lord has purposed for us to do. And, you know, as we go through our prayer requests throughout the day, go through our emails, check the website, find out what kind of prayer needs there are, we'll continue to lift you up to the Lord as well. All right, well, if you want to check us out, we're at www.prayerinternational.org. You can also find us on Ustream, YouTube, blogger.com, and obviously Blog Talk Radio. All right, praise God. Well, let's go before the Father in prayer. And just ask his blessings on the show tonight. Father, tonight, Lord, we just commit our ways to you. We commit this time with you and ask that you would consecrate it, Lord. Help us to set it apart. We just ask, Father, that you would breathe your Holy Spirit upon the show tonight. Father, touch every man, every woman listening. Father, whatever needs there are tonight, needs for salvation or for household salvation, a family member, a loved one, that needs to know the Lord, we just stand in agreement right now. And whoever that person is, just lift their name up to the Father. And we'll just agree with you tonight. So, Father, we just pray for that family member, for that loved one, for that friend, for that spouse, for that son or daughter. And we just declare tonight, They are children of the Most High God. We call them into the kingdom. We call them into the plan of God. We pray for the will of God to be done, for the kingdom of God to come. We agree and we touch. Just as you said, Father, if two of us or more of us come together and and touch and agree upon anything according to your will, it would be done. And, Father, we know it's your plan that none should perish, but that all come to repentance. Lord, we know, unfortunately, Father, there's many that fall away, but Lord, we we just declare by faith tonight that Lord, you're reaching out and and snatching them from the fire. We thank you, Lord, for your goodness. Thank you for your salvation. And Father, tonight we just declare that by the stripes of Jesus, healing is available. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, because of what your blood has done, because of what you did on Calvary, Lord, by the power of your Holy Spirit, Lord, and the fact that you are the same yesterday, today, and forever, Lord, we ask that you would touch every person in their body tonight. Every person that needs a healing in their bones, they need healing in their muscles, they need healing in their vital organs tonight. Father, they need healing in their minds, mental, wholeness, Clarity, we rebuke confusion, we rebuke stress and anxiety, we pray for peace. 
And Father, we just speak against every bit of dis-ease in people's lives, and we just declare, Lord, that they would be disease-free, free from infirmity, by the power of the blood, by the name of Jesus. And Father, we thank you, Lord, for what you're doing. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, well, you know, we just declare God's will be done and his kingdom come in your life. You know, God says he knows the plans that he has for you. He declares that. Plans to give you a hope and a future. Plans not not for harm, not for evil, but for peace. He's got a good plan. He's got a hope and a future in Christ Jesus for you. He says all things pertaining to life and godliness, he wants to give them to you in Christ Jesus. In fact, they're already yours. You just need to begin to call them in. You know, you might say, well, why should I pray? You know, God himself says, ask and you shall receive. The thing is, is if you don't ask, how how are you going to ever give God an opportunity to answer? You know, humility is reaching out to God. And it's our pride that builds up these walls of self-sufficiency. And what we call confidence, which sometimes borderlines arrogancy. We think we can do it our way or on our own. The Bible says there's a way that seems right to a man, but the end of it's death. Maybe you've heard that repeatedly in the Proverbs. If you're a believer, if you're a son or daughter of the Most High God, you've probably heard that a time or two. You see, it's only the fool who says in his heart there is no God. It's only the fool who decides to not follow the ways of the master. You see, if something was created for a specific purpose and it tried to function outside of that purpose, Usually, in most cases, failure occurs. You see, if you take a tire and a wheel and you replace it with a steering wheel, and if you bolt the steering wheel onto the front end of your driver's side, and you try to take that tire and put it where the steering wheel was, you switch them. And then you take off and and maybe you get down the road just a little bit. Eventually, you're headed for some disaster. Because the steering wheel doesn't function like the front driver's side wheel of a car. They've got specific purposes. There's a million different examples I could have used. You see, you're created for a specific purpose, for a reason, for a plan. There's a problem out there. There's some situation out there 
that you're going to solve for another. Something you're going to say, something you're going to do, something you're going to give, something you're going to receive. Something you're going to pray. Maybe just a kind gesture. But there's something out there. If you try to function outside of what God created you to do, which is number one, worship Him, love Him with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, that's number one reason you were created. Love the Lord your God. You were created to love Him. You were created to be loved by God. I was created to be loved by God. To love your neighbor as yourself means your fellow man, your community, the people that run the stores that you shop at. And the places you're employed. And the places you go in your leisure time. The churches you attend. Wherever you go, love your neighbor as yourself. That's what you're created to do. Jesus said, look, there's two commandments that matter. The other ten and all the stuff that the prophets said, the law, really hangs on these two. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. That's number one. And love your neighbor as yourself. That's number two. Sometimes we get caught up in this rat race of life. And the cares and the anxieties and the fears and the pressures of life begin to constrict Tighten their grip on them. Begin to choke out, squelch out God's word, God's plan, God's purpose for your life, for my life. Why is it? Because we don't take enough time to meditate and mull over the word of the Lord and begin to figure out what the ways of God are. It's about His ways. His ways are not your ways, not my ways. His thoughts are not your thoughts and my thoughts. Unless we're aligning ourselves with Him on a regular basis and we're allowing His thoughts to take precedence over our own thoughts and over our neighbor's thoughts and our other uh philosophies and ideologies and our mindsets and what other people have taught us through our upbringing or society or the education system that we were under. Depending on what country you're in, it's different. The education system I learned from in America was different than even the education system that my wife learned or our our Peers learn, or the generation now, even in our own 
education system are learning completely different things than what we were taught. And our grandparents and their grandparents were actually taught biblical foundations in the public school system. But not anymore. And if you're from another country, maybe you were raised in a religious private school because that's the only education you could get involved in. Or maybe you were raised in a system that denied Christ altogether. I don't know. But you see, whatever it is, whether it's your family, your household, your upbringing, your surroundings, your co-workers influencing you, the way your mother or your father raised you or what they exemplified and showed you as examples, I don't know what your situation is. But I can tell you that most of us, myself included, we all fail because we're not focused and we're not fixed on the things of God. We're not walking out God's plan for for our lives. You see, Paul said, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, which means have a respect for God and cautiously walk through this life knowing that you're to work out your salvation. You're to walk it out. To exercise your faith If you just digest and eat food Eat food, eat food And you never work out You never exercise You never move around Then you just become unhealthy And unfit And see in Jesus' kingdom In God's kingdom Which is not the religious kingdom But it's an eternal kingdom It wasn't about just meditating on biblical principles, or back then it was Old Covenant, Old Testament, religious principles. But it was about living a life that allowed those principles to flow through. It was about living a life that allowed the kingdom of God to manifest here in the earth. That's what Christianity is all about. That's what being a believer, being a son or daughter of the Most High God or an ambassador for that kingdom, that's what it's all about. You're representing something that's bigger than what most people are experiencing here on earth. Now there's a handful, there's a remnant, there's a group of people that have experienced and tasted and seen the goodness of God, the presence of God, they've heard the voice of God, they've seen the kingdom of God manifested in their lives in different ways, in different areas, in different situations. But there's still 75% of the world, including the religious population, 
people that are in church on a regular basis, including them, 75% of the world, maybe, you know, has yet to experience God's presence and experience His glory and hear His voice and understand His love. Or even if they can't understand it, experience it on some kind of level. And the freedom that's in Christ. Think about that for a minute. why Jesus, when he talked to the disciples, he said, Blessed are you, for your eyes have seen. Blessed are you. Jesus said, There's many people that wouldn't taste or even see or understand God's kingdom until he went to the cross, until he went to heaven. Speaking of that crowd in his day, but even in our day, there's many that, though we have eyes, we don't see what's right in front of us. And we, though we have ears, we don't hear the mind of God. We don't hear the plan of the Spirit. We don't hear the voice of God. Why is that? Because we're not acclimated to it. It's like, for example, I, I set a stereo up. We we just kind of, well, more or less, we moved a few months ago. And over the last few months, we've been going through different things and stuff and stories and stuff we've had in boxes and whatever. And we took out this radio. And the CD player on it works fine, and everything works great, except there's no antenna. It's a great stereo. It's actually a nice stereo, but there's no antenna on it. And so it doesn't pick up the radio stations, really. Now, at one point, it had one attached to it, and at some point in the middle of move, or probably before the move, we detached it so we could pack it away. And now that it's not attached, it's not in place, it's not positioned properly, that radio is not getting the frequencies that are going through the air to bring the the information or the news or the music or whatever's going on through the receiver into the speakers and into our ears. You see, there's a reason all that stuff operates, electricity and radio waves and everything like that, have a certain vibration and a certain frequency, and they all flow and vibrate and, and manifest a certain way. Because, see, everything operates through sounds and vibrations and frequencies, and everything kind of just floats out there through the air, even in the realm of the spirit. You know, 
you're a spiritual being, and if you're a receiver, your antenna, the part of you that picks up the spiritual airwaves, the spiritual ways, the spiritual thoughts, the things that God's putting out there, the Holy Spirit is bringing into the earth and the spirit realm, if your spirit isn't adjusted, isn't corrected, isn't made alive, isn't reborn, isn't connected to God, or something comes into your life to pollute or distort or break your connection with God, just like when we unhooked the antenna and packed it away in a box. See, many of us have unhooked our antennas and, and packed our Christianity away in a box somewhere. And meanwhile, God's trying to get the spirit waves through to us. We've boxed up our Christianity in a thing called religion. We've packaged it so nicely that we've got everything formulated and our sermons lined out for us. And instead of just praying and listening to the voice of God, now we listen to preachers, TV ministers, and radio ministers, and read books instead of the Bible. Instead of reading the Bible ourselves, we just go and let our preacher do the homework for us and we catch a couple of good sermons for the week and now we don't have to do a devotion because he's already done it for us. And how much is that like Moses' day when the children of Israel sent him up the mountain and said, go talk to God and find out what God says and then come down and tell us Moses went up there and started talking to God, praying, and God starts speaking, and the Israelites could hear the thundering, and they could see the lightning flashes, and it, fear rose up in their hearts, and they didn't want to have anything to do with it. Moses had to mediate the situation. Nowadays, so many people, because of the condition of their hearts and the condition of their lives and what's going on with them personally, are afraid to approach God. They're afraid to what God's going to say. They they don't want to necessarily give up or make a sacrifice. Well, what if God tells me to do this? Then what? Well, the answer is do it. Then do it. If God says do this, then do it. You know, I'm just rambling. I haven't even got into the message tonight. I haven't even cracked my Bible yet. I opened it. I just set it down because I wanted to kind of do a little intro. Off we went. So if you're just tuning in, this is Prayer International Radio. My name is Chris Herzog, and you can check us out on the web at www.prayerinternational.org. And we are basically going every night of the week, uh, except for the weekends right now. We're doing like Monday through Friday from 10 to 11. We may extend that. We may shorten it. We'll keep it posted. It'll be scheduled. Just check out Blog Talk Radio or the website homepage. 
Well, you know, we're talking about worshiping God. We're talking about seeking the face of God. We're talking about getting ourselves aligned with the things of God so that when God's speaking to us, we can recognize his voice. We can understand. You know, God says, he says, behold, I'm doing a new thing. Will you not perceive it? Old things are passed away. All things have become new. Behold, I'm doing a new thing. Will you not perceive it? Some versions say, will you not recognize it? And when God is trying to speak to you or do something in your life or shift you into a season or transition you into from your purposes and your thoughts and your plans into his plans, Sometimes it, it takes some recognition, it, it takes a perception, it takes an understanding, a depth on the inside of you so that you realize what's going on. Or you can miss your moment. You can miss your season because you get so caught up in all this other stuff out there. You get so caught up in all this other stuff out there that next thing you know... The Holy Spirit's just passed you on by. Do you remember when the disciples were out? Of course, I say this as if you remember. Okay. Do you remember the story in the Gospels? Jesus was with the disciples, more or less. They didn't know it. They were out fishing one night in a boat. And Jesus was walking out on the water. The Spirit of Christ was walking out on the water. And it says it was as if he was going to pass them right by. But it says that one of them called out. And he turned to him and he began to speak. But it said he was going to pass them right by. But it took one of them being proactive enough to call out. And at that point, he turned and he spoke. Sometimes, see, the spirit blows where it wills. God is constantly moving in a forward motion. He's constantly, perpetually uh, bearing fruit, multiplying his kingdom, advancing his kingdom. He's going forward, and the plans of God are going forward. And the thing is, is if we don't get into the midst of the flow, it can pass us right by. It can can move right past us. You know, the Bible equates the Holy Spirit with air and wind and water and fire and all these different elements, all these different natural elements that we are familiar with. But you know, in the talking about water, you know, water's kind of a funny thing because, you know, without the rain, the crops don't grow to produce the food. Without the rain, the reservoirs don't fill up to produce the water that we drink and that we use to bathe in and whatever we use it for. We use it for electricity, whatever. Okay, but at the same point, that same water, the same water that we drink and we bottle it up and we drink it because it's refreshing, it's nourishing, we need it to live, even in our cooking, we use it constantly in everything that we do, right? But that same water 
if it comes in a abundance and it comes down like a flood, it can cause all kinds of problems. And at that point, it's not a benefit to us, and it's not something we need, and it's not something that we use. But at that point, it becomes a hindrance. It becomes something we fear, something we are distressed over, something we don't know, you know, what to do about. You know, when you're in the middle of a rainstorm, in the middle of a flood, you know, for those people that were going through the tsunami situation, and you've got torrents of water all around you, there's nothing you can do. But when you're in the middle of the desert and you need a drink and you've got a canteen full of water, that water, you know, becomes a commodity, something you long for, something that has value rather than something that takes value away. And so there's this bittersweet, I guess, paradigm if you will, about water. But see, God's kingdom, his spirit, is the same way. See, he says this, look, you either fall upon the rock and be broken, you humble yourself and you fall upon the plans of God, or the rock will roll over you and you'll be crushed. The Holy Spirit is like like rivers of living water. And you either get into the flow of the river and and let it take you downstream to your destination or you stand and go against the current and you try to fight it and it washes right over you. And that's how God's kingdom is. That's how God's spirit is. See, God's either for you because you're for him and everyone that confesses him before man gets confessed before the Father in heaven. But if you're against him and you deny him, then he's against you and he denies you. And so it's this coin toss. It's a tug of war. It's a constant in your life, the war that's waging for your soul. Whether you're going to be given over to the hands of God and allow the Father to mold you and sculpt you and shape you and, and perfect you into His image and then equip you and prepare you and provide everything you need to do His plan and purpose. Or you're going to be given over to your own affection and you're going to let somebody else or yourself. See, there's four opinions in the world. There's four possibilities that are going to shape your life. Either your opinion, your thoughts, your mindset, your your belief system, your opinion of yourself, or somebody else's opinion of yourself, your thoughts, your opinion, your mindset, or God's opinion and his viewpoint, his understanding, his concept of you or the devil's concept of you. There's four. Yours, another's, there's two. God's or the devil's. There's four. And those are the four paths you're going to go down 
at every turning point of your life, at every at every crux or decision or crossroad or, or major deal or season of your life, you're going to be faced with those four situations in, in everything concerning your relationships, concerning your careers, concerning your family and friends, concerning your finances, concerning everything that you do, you're going to be faced with those four different opinions or viewpoints and you've got to discern. You've got to have an understanding of which one is God's. Which one is the better? Which one is the thing that God approves of? Or that God condones? Or that God permits? Or that God instructs? And it's a process. It's a process. Praise God. Are you prepared to walk through the process? Are you ready to position yourself for the purposes and plans of God? My wife said something one day about passionately pursuing the plans and the purposes of God. Passionately pursuing the plans and the purposes of God. And the thing about that is that you can have all the passion and desire and want to that you want. But desire only goes as far as the discipline in your life. Desire and determination only go as far as the discipline and the doing. And so you've got to commit yourself to position yourself and put yourself in a position to hear from God, to get God's mindset, to have an understanding of God's ways. Moses knew his ways. That's why he was the chosen leader. Did he get to go into the promised land? No. But did he get the children of Israel to a place where they could transition into the promised land? Yes. Did many of them die in the wilderness? Yes, because of their unbelief and the hardness of their hearts. Many of them missed out on the promises and the blessings of God. Because of their unbelief and the hardness of their hearts. But the ones that knew him, the ones that understood his ways, the ones that decided to not give up, the ones that decided to hold out, they reaped the harvest. If you don't faint, what happens? You'll reap the harvest. Don't be weary in well-doing, for you'll reap a harvest if you faint not. What it says, do you want to reap the harvest that God has prepared for your life? 
you want the good things that the Lord has prepared for your life? Do you want the God things? Do you want the blessings? Do you want the rewards of faithfulness? Do you want the joy of the Lord to be your strength? Because, see, when we stand before the Father and he says, well done, good and faithful servant, enter into the joy of the Lord, You want to enter into the joy of the Lord. Hallelujah. It's getting close. Getting close. You know, the return of the Lord is getting closer and closer every day. And we need to prepare our hearts. We need to prepare ourselves. I'm not saying everything in our lives needs to be perfect. I'm not saying everything in your life or my life needs to be perfect. There's an element of humanity even to the miraculous because, see, God takes humans. God takes the natural element and he does something super with it. And it becomes supernatural. There's a natural element to supernatural. And see, you and your flaws and me and my flaws, all of us, as children of God, with all our imperfections and issues, God still wants to breathe on us and put some super on our natural and take that natural element of our life and do something super with it. So don't get discouraged. Don't sit there and judge and sit there and, and try to scrutinize and figure out the natural element of everybody. The Bible says that we're to know each other after the spirit and not after the flesh. We're not even to know each other after the flesh, which means we're not to entertain the flesh or sit around dwelling, thinking about it, gossiping about it, trying to figure out everything about the flesh. But we're to provoke each other to godliness and good works. We're to pray with each other and declare the glory of God to each other and have a psalm, hymn, or spiritual song among each other, or a prophecy, or a tongue, or a gift of healing, or a word of encouragement when we get around each other. Why? Because it's within that parameter, it's in that dynamic that the Lord can manifest. God doesn't want to hang out with a bunch of gossips. Why? He doesn't waste his words. He says it's a shame to talk about what the wicked do in secret. It's a shame to talk about it. That's what the Bible says. So he doesn't. Never discuss your problems with somebody incapable of solving it. One of my mentors, that's that's one of his sayings. Never discuss your problems 
with somebody incapable of solving them? What's the point? What does it help? If somebody doesn't have an answer or somebody doesn't know that somebody that has the answer, then why waste your time explaining all that to that somebody in the first place? It's not going to do any good. It's just going to make you think about it more. It's just going to manifest more in your mind. And then whatever's in your mind eventually is going to happen in time. And brothers and sisters, sinners and saints, let me tell you something. It's kingdom time. It's time to quit playing games. Paul said, when I was a child, I spoke as a child. But when I grew up, I put away childish things. And you know what? It's time to put away our childish things. Time to change our stinking thinking and begin to set our minds on things above and not on things of the earth where moth and rust corrupt. The grass withers, the flower fades. The word of the Lord abides and stands forever. If you want something that has eternal purpose, if you want something that's going to last and not something that's temporary, if you want something permanent in your life that will be constant and consistent, stable, in a ever-changing world, you've got to have some kind of consistency in your life or you're going to be shaken. What do you do when everything around you is shaken? You become one with the one that's unshakable. And you set your roots down, you dig your heels in, and you stand tall and you position yourself in line with the kingdom because, see, when the winds and the waves come and beat on that house, it's not going to fall. If your life is built on sand, if your life is built on your plans, if your life is built on the, the purposes of man and not the purposes of God, then great will the fall of it be. But I'm here to tell you, God's got a good plan for your life. Something good's going to happen to you. You just got to believe that. As a man thinketh in his heart, so he is. Life and death are the power of the tongue. So get a good confession in your mouth. And every time you start to meditate and dwell and speak negatively, try to catch yourself in it. And start to change the way you say things. Change the way you let things come out of your mouth before you really examine them. Because they will come into your life if they come out of your mouth. That's why we have to be cautious. We have to be careful. Be anxious for nothing. But in everything, through prayer and supplication, let your request, which means let your speaking, let your confession, let what comes out of your mouth be made known to God. So do everything through prayer. Prayerfully consider things. 
Well, praise God. We got one minute, so we're going to wrap it up. You know, let's close in prayer. Father, I just pray right now for every man, every woman, every child, every teenager that's listening tonight. I pray, Father, that they would have ears to hear and eyes to see, and they would have hearts to understand what you're speaking. Help them to position themselves. Help them to get their spiritual antennas up. Help them to be awakened up, their spiritual receivers to be turned on to the kingdom of God. And I pray, Father, for your kingdom and your power and your glory to come into their life, that, Lord, you would be glorified in every person listening tonight, that they would be a praise in the earth, Father, use them mightily. In Jesus' name, Lord, we pray for healing, for salvation, for uh, financial uh, abundance. Father, we pray right now, Lord, that there would be no lack, and that, Father, you would give people wisdom on how to manage their money. Huh? We pray, Father, for the peace of Jerusalem, that they would prosper, that be within their walls, Lord. We pray for their protection for the peace, for the provision, for the purity, and for the Prince of Peace, Jesus Yeshua, to become the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings of every heart, of every Jew, Father. And we thank you, Father God, that your glory is covering the earth like the waters cover the sea. We pray for the four corners of the earth. Father, we thank you, Lord God, that you're healing men and women, children tonight, that you're delivering those that are oppressed and depressed. We break off a heaviness right now in Jesus' name, and we declare, Father, for peace, peace, and that a stillness would come over the hearts and the minds of every person listening. And we break the spirit of suicide. We seek life. We pray for, for just hope, hope to be filled Filled in the hearts, filled in the minds of those that feel hopeless, that they would feel hopeful and peace in Jesus' name. Well, have a blessed night. We'll be back again tomorrow night for International. Saying good night. God bless you.